actually the majority of sudden cardiac arrests are what's called OHCA, out of hospital cardiac arrests. There were plenty that happened in the hospital, but, but a, a vast majority happen out of the hospital. Th those are scary a, because either the person is alone, the person is with a family member who's not trained, there's a delay in getting whatever treatment to them, and there's just not a knowledge of doing it. Every second counts because every second that you delay in treatment is a bigger risk of not being able to bring them back. Hey guys. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I'm a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we are talking off the clock with Dr. Rosenblum, all about CPR, AD. Yeah. I'm like... Well, we'll get into why. We're going to get into why. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is an awesome episode. And yeah. I hope you guys refer it to like lots of absolutely and especially as we go into the holidays we wanted to drop this one just because we felt like this is definitely something that is important to a lot of people and just is such a great resource we love the innovation we're going to get into a lot of it and it's honestly a personal one and we're going to get into that in a second of why but first um uh, we got a pretty good unpopular opinion from our one of our guests I, I don't like it's not popular no with me it, I don't we, like it's it. definitely one that we wanted to touch on because it's such a good one basically it was that sending out holiday cards in 2021 is a waste of paper and unnecessary <laughs> wrong we got thoughts wrong wrong it is like the one last piece of joy or serotonin boost i get is receiving real mail that isn't spam or a bill oh for sure there's so many thoughts that i have on like this I one hate, i don't even check my mail because it's all stuff that i don't want yeah and it's like the one time of year when you get something from someone that actually means something to you i love a good holiday card i am so here for a holiday card you and jacob like do like a mega yeah. one every year right yeah like, you guys like go all out we go usually we do all bougie this year we're kind of behind the ball on this have one you not this year card yet we have i do have a couple picture like options but okay and i always drop this as a tip every year because this is how much i love holiday cards and you guys know because sam and i obviously for those of you who have been on our mailing list, we sent out a holiday card. Sam and I sent one out because we love you guys so, so cute. much. Yes. We forgot to order one for ourselves, though. <laughs> so if you guys have it, consider yourself lucky because you guys have the holiday card. Yeah. The selfie holiday card. It. And Tori and I don't even have one. I know. We put in the addresses and we, we forgot to put our own uh, our addresses in there. But, okay, this is how much holiday cards mean to me. And I leave this as a tip every year. So I actually go as far as to keep the holiday cards and I have a book a leather book that I bought on Amazon and I put together like a little collage of whoever sends me their holiday card and I make a little collage of that year and I've been doing this since 2017 and it's so crazy to see the progression of like all the families and all the people in our people lives like kids getting older and stuff yes. it's cool it's so fun to look back at and I actually I learned that from one of our good friends whose mom has been doing it for literally like 20 years she has this huge book That's so rad though and it's really fun we were just I, looking at it upstairs though and it it's so cool. We yeah. were like looking back to the beginning. Yeah, it's super fun. I just found this like little. It's better than what I do. I like keep them and then I finally throw them away in January. <laughs> and I feel bad about it, but I'm like, what am I going to do? I just but think, that. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I think it's actually meaningful to keep them. But I, I actually genuinely feel that 
holiday cards are one of the last things in terms of memorable, most special moments that you can get from someone. I love a good snail mail moment. Okay, I love cards in general more than anything. Like, to me, that means more to me than the gift. Like, if Mm -hmm. someone gets me a birthday card with a birthday gift, like... The gift is always nice. Please send me gifts. Don't stop sending me <laughs> gifts. Like, I will always say yes to a gift. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the card means more. Right. Because can I buy myself my own shit? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So a gift is nice. It's thoughtful. I appreciate that you even thought about me, that you spent your time, your money, your energy. I love that. But again, it's not something I can't do for myself. But I cannot write myself a nice card with kind words that is from the heart. Right. And that, every time someone gives me a nice card, it like, tears me up yeah I think that was one thing I will like hats off to my ex that he did really well because he knew I loved cards he would always give me a really thoughtful meaningful card so when we broke up that was my hardest thing was like getting rid getting, of the cards yeah, I know. because that was such a big thing to me like I I've always been a big card person so if you want to like I just think it's meaningful yeah if you want to get my little heartstrings going and you give me a card, I will get all mushy. Yeah. And you always give me like really sweet cards. Yeah. I mean, but it's also fun to kind of like, I don't know. Remember when a guy was like mean to me and by mean to me, I mean like cheated on me and and you got me that like card that was like, fuck him. I still have that card. And then this year, your birthday (laughs) card for me was hysterical. It was like, it was just so on brand. Mm -hmm. It was just so sassy. Yeah, I love giving people cards too, like funny ones. But then, yeah, holiday cards, I feel like it's that... I don't it's know. Meaningful. It's a tradition. I don't want to go anywhere. So. I agree. Yeah, save the trees and shit, but not on this. Well, okay. <laughs> Find other ways to reduce your carbon footprint. But I mean, enough my people, cards alone. your email inbox is getting too full anyway. Like, I would rather have something snail mail sent. I just think, I like... Know, do you have an email for, like, junk mail for yes. you sign up for shit? And I try to do as much on... Like, I try to unsubscribe. Me too, and then I, like, forget, and then I'll buy something, and I'll put in my real email, and then I'm on their list, and then I try to yeah, unsubscribe, and it's like, ugh. Yeah, totally. Nightmare. but you should subscribe to the selfie podcast <laughs> well email, okay this obviously. is also why we, we love sending you guys Real like things. a personal no yeah. when we do when, like the reviews right that's still meaningful and I think just you guys getting something personal in the mail from us where we've handwritten it for you I just think there's something really special about that and that includes holiday cards I just think that I don't want that to be a lost art and on top of that so Jacob and I usually Sam knows this like normally we go all out like we do yeah. a over the top oh you guys have like formal yeah. gown and, well we've done like suits. mr and mrs smith we've oh, yeah, done yeah, like sexy some, one yeah we've done some sexy fun ones like we always try and make them fun and a little very on brand for yeah. us as a couple like we don't do stand in the middle of like trees and just take a normal picture nature. like we, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, here's we, me in nature right we try to do something fun but um i don't want holiday cards to go away no you, you know i'm finally sending mine out this year I know I'm excited for them. So if you don't follow me, which if you don't rude, I know I'm a little <laughs> annoying, but come on, like you don't have to like. Anyways, Your holiday card this year my is holiday so card. cute. So my dogs and I have matching onesies. They're adorable. Like Christmas pajamas yeah. that say, what does it say on the butt? It says some It says grizzly no, or something. I, mean, I, I don't know. Remember. But it's know. really cute because like Moses in it, he looks like a little stuffed sausage. He's just so cute. And he's it's, just like looking up at you in these pictures. It says bare essentials on the butt. Oh, there you go. And it's like the little like, you know, the little snappy like yeah. button, the butt cute. folds down. And it has that on the dog butts too. <laughs> and yeah, Moses looks like a fat little sausage. Like yeah. he looks so chunky, but they're so happy to be in their matching jammies. Yeah. And honestly, here's my thing. 
this is where the idea came from to me. I'm at work and my manager puts up everyone's holiday cards on her door. Mm -hmm. So we have our office and then her office is like another office inside our office. So when she shuts her office door, it's like everyone in my job is married with kids. Right. And all of their holiday cards are up there and it's their family smiling and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I got a family. (laughs) I got a family too. You do. me and Moses and Rambo. So I got us matching pajamas and I made my sister take pictures on her iPhone of us. Can I also make another extension (laughs) on popular opinion? Yeah. I am cannot stand the trend of everyone sending out evites for formal occasions such as weddings. <laughs> I just said it. I'm saying it. I that is like my least favorite way. I'm like if you're going to have at least a wedding, like I kind of get it for certain events like baby showers and stuff like that, but I don't know for weddings, I want a formal invitation. Okay, can I just say though it's such a rip off how expensive it is? I mean, I don't disagree there, but I still feel like there's something about with formal things or things like this like holiday true when we finally have our selfie party in 2022 we'll send out like fabulous absolutely remember when i had my boss ass bitch ball i sent out formal invitations and my friend did calligraphy on the envelopes they were like nicer than most people's wedding invitations Um, the handwriting on it was yeah emily shout out emily did like this beautiful gold calligraphy oh yeah yeah it was amazing so um certain things i think should be here to stay and that's one of them yeah, glad we glad we talked that one out. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. That was a good one. Good stuff. This week is, I would say, on the more personal side for a little reason, and I actually want Sam to to tell us why before we get into the episode because I think this is actually really pertinent to the episode. Well, yeah. So I showed up and Tori said, "Hey, check out this device of this company called Rhythm Life Sciences," mm-hmm. and she's showing it to me, and it's a CPR device. Yeah, it's called the Rescuer. Yeah, and she was like. Um, you know, we're always kind of, we'll go over potential guests and topics and stuff. And she's like, what's your thoughts on this? And I'm like, I don't think I've ever told you this story, but right away I was so on board and drawn to it because it's a portable CPR aid device called Rescue R. Rescuer. Rescuer. Yeah. Rescue. It's like Rescuer, but QR is in the name. Like the spelling's a cool play on it, but it basically helps assist with quality CPR. CPR. Mm -hmm. And then they have in the works coming soon a portable AED machine Mm -hmm. and that hit really home to me because I for those of you don't know I used to coach cheerleading (laughs) a random fun fact about me but I coached cheerleading back in my like teens early 20s and one of the girls I used to coach and I coached all-star cheerleading I coached high school cheerleading but not at her high school and I coached an all-star team and she was on my all-star team but she also did her high school team at her high school practice she was 14 years old. She went into sudden cardiac arrest. There was no AED present or available at the school. So that, and studies show, like mm-hmm. the earlier access you have to an AED, the better chances of survival you are for a cardiac arrest event. So unfortunately, by the time medics arrived and were able to do all of that and then even get her to a local hospital, which was not that far away, like in Southern California, there's a like a lot of hospitals she did end up dying of sudden cardiac arrest and that's actually like I have a tattoo on my wrist that's a little teal heart locket that I got in memory of her because teal was her favorite color but then her parents even started a nonprofit organization the Shauna Ann Stewie Foundation to with the goal of getting more AEDs present in schools like every school should have an AED absolutely anywhere that sports are being played should have an AED so like sports fields soccer fields baseball fields etc 
And I love that they took a tragedy and tried to make sure like hopefully this doesn't happen to other people's children. So the second I heard about this device, I was like, absolutely, I want them on as a guest. Absolutely. I am so passionate about their mission and project to actually make CPR more accessible, Accessible, more build confidence in people doing it and to just make this more widespread so I'm really excited to have him on here today yeah for statistically speaking for every minute that passes there's a 10% chance that someone will not have a successful recovery which if you do the math on that that's 10 minutes right which is crazy which sometimes the response time to even get an ambulance to a scene yeah which is is why we were super excited about this device today and not only to make it accessible to just sporting events and things like that but to every single person, which is crazy. So we are getting behind the mic with Dr. Jonathan Rosenblum today. He is co-founder and CEO of Rhythm Life Sciences. He's a surgeon, scientist, entrepreneur, and part of this amazing team creating cutting-edge life-saving technology. Dr. Rosenblum is a renowned New York-trained podiatric surgeon and scientist currently practicing his subspecialty in diabetic limb salvage in Jerusalem. We just really want to continue to bring you guys amazing, valuable resources, fascinating stories, and brands and providers with true purpose. We are just so thrilled to get into it with Dr. Rosenblum today. And of course, we have a very special code for all of you and the selfie listeners at the end of the show. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Okay, so let's start up top. Can you give us your unpopular opinion? My unpopular opinion. Um, I can give you lots of unpopular opinions. On anything. On anything. <laughs> <laughs> on, on anything? Yes, okay. Peanut butter and jelly is not a good sandwich. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> Like, coming in hot. Wow. I feel personally attacked. You asked, you asked for unpopular. I'm going to go come out swinging. Okay. Well, what's wrong? What's your problem with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your beef? I'm a big fan of salty and sweet, but I don't know. The fruity doesn't work for me. Ah. What about like peanut butter and like Nutella or something? I guess that's or, kind of or sweet. Or banana. Uh, no, I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate works. <laughs> hmm. All right. I mean, we you're entitled it. to your opinion, even if it's incorrect. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, well, um, we were just saying off the clock that this is a really, uh, this is a really exciting one for us and something that we're very passionate about with your your interview today. Um, but can you give some context to our audience um, about your background and your beginnings and um, where your medical degree started and all those things? Sure. So I am a New York born, bred, and trained podiatric surgeon. I do foot and ankle surgery. Um, which has nothing to do with what I do today. Um, About 20 years ago, I moved officially to Israel. Um, I spend some of my time in Israel, but most of my time abroad. Um, And since then, I've been very, very deeply involved in medical devices of one sort or another. Israel is at the forefront of, you know, the startup nation. So as a child, which I still am, even with the gray beard, I like toys, and I was very lucky that a lot of toys came across my, my desk, both in, in my field and not in my field. Um, my specialty was actually diabetic limb salvage. I you know, try and keep as many legs attached as I could. Um, and through the years, I got to play with different things in different, in different stages of development. Um, about just over two years ago, a neighbor of mine 
Um, and this is a little emotional. A neighbor of mine came to me. He was taking an EMT course locally. Um, his business partner had just lost a son. Um, the son died of, of complications that ended up in sudden cardiac arrest. And actually, that's why J and Z in Jolts, that's the kid's rest in peace. That's his initials. Um, and he was taking this EMT course. And the first night of the EMT course, they're being taught CPR. And the instructor says that, you know, CPR is great, but without a defibrillator, the chances are very close to zero. So they're in the hall, and there's a sign that says, you know, we have a defibrillator. So they all ask, can we see it? And they're looking, looking, they can't find it. They called up the guy in charge of the hall. Yeah, 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 it's locked up in a safe, locked up in a locked study. Um, he's thinking to himself, you know, this is ridiculous. Uh, nowadays, we all walk around with big computers in our pockets. Our cell phones generate, you know, huge amounts of data. Why can't we make something smaller, more compact, cheaper, so that we can, you know, not have to lock it up and they can be ubiquitous? Um, he came to me the next day, he said, John, can you help me design a cell phone sized AED? And I laughed at him and told him no, and thought that that was the end of it. <laughs> three, three, three days later, we thought about it and things have been running since. And I got to tell you, it's been a really neat two years. Um, three months into the project, we developed this, um, which we can talk about later. This is our CPR aid to help people do better CPR. And we're getting there with the defibrillator. We're almost there. You know, it's a crazy thought is, you know, I don't know when ADs really came around, but what's really interesting is they've never been revamped, right? Like kind of what you're saying, there was never been newer, better technology to help with these, with these situations. I mean, what you're doing is you're, you're completely revamping a whole category, which is amazing. And I, this is why we love everything that you're doing today. And not only that, the mission that you've, that you are really starting. Um, well, yeah, if you think about it, when I took my first CPR class, the AED was the same AED that it is exactly. today. But when I took my first CPR class, an iPhone didn't even exist. And now you can see everything that an iPhone actually can do. But yeah, we haven't updated that technology really at all or right. made it more accessible. Right. Right. From the inception of AEDs in the late 70s, there's been one one core change to it in, in, the, in the almost 50 years that it's been there, in the 45 years. They changed the, the waveform from a monophasic where it just went in one direction to biphasic where the electricity went across the heart twice. And that happened in the late 80s. And since then, there's been no change. The core technology has literally stayed the same. So I'm really curious about this because um, you, you're you the founder and the CEO of Rhythm Life Sciences. Do you, uh, you're also a surgeon. Okay, low key. You know, you've got this little resume, I guess. Do you feel like you were always, I mean, you're such a, a doer, but do you feel like you were always an entrepreneur? Not in the least. I can tell you, well, we'll have to edit this part when I you know, play this for my mom. But um, I, I, I am probably the laziest person in the world. Um, Love it. I definitely have a, I definitely have adult ADD, which is what, which is what allows me to do what we do. But no, I mean, even just the fact that I went into podiatry and not medical school, um, it was a path of least resistance. <laughs> um, you know, podi 
Podiatry just seemed easier. I mean, in the, in the end, the specialty that I took with the diabetes ended up having night calls and things like that. Um, but again, the whole goal was always, you know, least, least, least amount of work as possible. And I, I kind of fell into this. Um, um, but this, this, I, I've never taken a project like, like I am with rhythm. Um, I've advised companies, I've done medical, medical protocols and research and whatever else, but this, this has actually become a passion project. And I do thank my co-founder Yehuda for, for bringing the idea to me so that I can you know be a part of it. But no, this, this has, this, I'm not a doer. Well, I, I, I am now by force, but not by nature. Right. I think a big piece of it is is obviously the team that you're working with. And your team is wonderful. And you were quoted by saying, never my almost 20 years of startup experience have I seen such single-minded group of, of people and, you, you know, unified with this teamwork. And I'm curious about that. I mean, do you feel like that this is just a, a love project that everyone is together on this mission or how did all of your team members come together? So I, I will say that, that again, I've been very lucky with this project and I don't, I don't pat myself on the back often, but the only thing I'll pat myself on the back for is putting together this team. And it started with, um, it started with my FDA consultant who I've worked with before over the last number of years. She had a friend who was an engineer who worked in the AED space. He knew a company that, that was very involved in those. That's my R and D team that we've been working with and they've been amazing. Um, my chairman of the board was introduced to me by a, by a friend, um, who's also an investor in the company. So he brought, um, our marketing team along and for them, it's a passion project also, um, you know, they had someone in the office who had right, right before we had started the project, they had someone in the office whose father had died of a sudden cardiac arrest. So it was very personal to them. Um, I think what we're finding is, is, is that, you know, people, people, it, unfortunately it's become ubiquitous, you know, people, it, it's no longer just an old person. Senior citizens and geriatrics aren't the only ones dropping. You have, you know, you have the story that Sam was telling that, you know, cheerleaders, there's an way too many young athletes, older athletes, weekend warriors, you know, people, people our age who are, you know, who should or should not be exercising, but who, when they exercise, they're exposed. And I think ever, everyone gets that, that, you know, it needs to be taken care of and that, and that time, you know, the, the AHA put together a, you know, time is brain and time is muscle. Um, basically that every, every second counts because every, every second that you delay in treatment is, is a bigger risk of not being able to bring them back. So I think that, yeah, the, t- the team has been amazing and we've done, I mean, this, this is the shortest um, generation of a medical device that I've ever seen or heard of, especially something that's such a high risk and high importance device. Um, but things have clicked from day one and, and it's been really because I think everyone's really felt the need to get there. Can you kind of speak to the difference between the hospital versus field setting outcomes and then where your company is actually going to make an impact? 
the actually the majority of sudden cardiac arrests are what's called OHCA, out of hospital cardiac arrests. Um, there are plenty that happen in the hospital, but but a, a vast majority happen out of the hospital. Um, th those are scary, a because either the person is alone, the person is with a family member who's not trained. Um, there's a delay in getting whatever treatment to them. Um, and there's just not a knowledge of doing it. In the hospital setting, when a cardiac arrest usually happens, if they're observed, then they're usually, they start, they call a code right away. I mean, you guys know from probably from working in the hospital, right? So they call the code right away and, and things get started relatively quickly. And if they're not observed, then, you know, most hospitals, at least it's always been, um, you will see them going, you know, some, someone's walking by a room on a regular basis so that it's not happening there. So the, the primary market that we're looking at is the OHCA, the out-of-hospital. Um, the hospital-based defibrillators are the bigger, clunkier machines that have variable settings and different, you know, electrical outputs that they can do. Um, we do see in the hospital a, 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 a market, for instance, for when they transport patients. Um, right now, you know, if you had to move someone from the ICU down to radiology, you have to, you know, hook one of the big defibrillators onto the bed, plus the oxygen, plus everything else. Here, you know, you put this in your white lab coat pocket and it's there with you in case it's needed. It's so small. I mean, I was looking at it online. I'm like, it's amazing how 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 transportable and small this device is. It's great. And it's cute. And it comes in different colors. It's cute. <laughs> it comes in different colors. Can we can we put in a request for pink? Pink? Um, yeah. I can't guarantee that one. But we do have the purple <laughs> Chanel version, also known as our special ops and police version, which is a small black dress. Oh, okay. okay. Love that. Love that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love, you know, the size of this is amazing. And I think the issue that we have with these these things so often and why people don't jump on the chest or they don't start initiate things is because one, the material or the things are so clunky and two people just, they don't know what to do. And you're streamlining this. You're basically making this so much easier for people. And I think that is literally what's going to save lives. So just to that point, we, we work with the American Heart Association. They have a center for health technology and innovation. And we're a member, one of their 30 member companies. Um, so in working with them, they've had a goal for like 20 years to get a defibrillator into every house. And they've identified three, three stopping points that, that are doing it. One is obviously cost. The other is size because people are just, you know, people don't like to show the fact that they may not be well. So if it's something that needs to be hung on a wall or left out on a counter, they don't want that there. And the third one is a fear factor. People are afraid of the technology. People are afraid that, you know, they'll do something wrong. So we've addressed all three of those issues. We think we have. Um, we definitely got the size down. This will fit. You know, you can put this in the, in the drawer with the silverware um, <laughs> and leave it there. The, the cost, we're trying to keep the cost down, you know, about 30, 40% less than, than, other, than the, next, the next least expensive device. And as far as ease of use, um, our, our use cases are basically open it. You don't even have to remember to call 911 because if you pair it with the cell phone app, it'll call 911 for you or whatever number you've put in. Love that. So that takes that, takes that first line of the, you know, 
BLS thing off. Call 911 and gain an AED. <laughs> it's, bas- it's basically just open it, slap it on, wait 30 seconds and hit the button if you need. Okay, so you have two devices. Um, can you go through or maybe explain the design of the rescuer device first? And then we'll go through here. Yeah. So this is our rescuer device in a box. Um, shows its features back here. Um, here's the device. It basically, you peel off the back, and that actually is what turns it on. The first thing underneath it, and here's one, you know, for the B2 movement. And, you know, the AHA did a study that women in, an, in a CPR need in the field were getting CPR started 30% slower than men. So, and that was because even professionals were not excited about exposing a woman's chest and leaving it exposed while they were doing CPR. So we put a privacy sheet in one of the, in these. So basically you peel off the back. Oh, interesting. It's got a privacy sheet to cover a woman's chest. Um, as soon as you pop off the back, oh, interesting. it sets off two metronomes. Hold on, I can actually show you with this one only for a second though, because otherwise I wake up everybody in the house. <laughs> it beeps and it, and it, and it lights up. We, we built into it basically, even if you never took a CPR class, it gives you an X marks the spot where to put it. Okay, so you know to put it right in the okay, chest. Very easy. It's, very easy. It's a non-slip surface. So once it's there, it's not going anywhere. And mm-hmm. it uses biofeedback here on the side to force your hand into a better position. So there, there are two major components that are important when you're doing CPR, or three. One is the placement. The second is the pace. And the third is the compression depth. So... The math will show that if the the if the placement is good and the hand placement is good and the pace is good, you'll get the proper compression depth. Um, we often get asked why we didn't put feedback in here. There are other devices, training devices, you know, and, and even the CPR mannequins now where when you're pressing down, it'll give you a click if you give the right depth and a click when you release enough. Um, so actually, the European Resuscitation Council advises against using those in a real-life situation because they find that people are too busy watching and waiting for the click and not spending enough time actually doing it right. Um, so we got the math down that if the hand is in the right position and your shoulders are in the right position and your pace is good, you'll get the right compression depth. And it's a really, really simple device. We, you know, It's a one-off device. We, you know, we don't, we don't want it used. Our, our, you know, our goal is, you know, people should have it and it should stay on the shelf for the three-year shelf life. Um, but if they do use it and, you know, they let us know about it, then we have a buyback program where they can get the next one at cost. You know, we're, 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 we're really on a mission. So that's already available right now, right? For purchase? This is available. It's for sale yeah, now. Yeah, like holiday gift right guide. I want to give that to everyone. Yeah, yeah. holiday stuck, stocking stuffers. This is what we, everyone needs one. That's actually, I mean, we've, we've been selling, thank God, for the last few months. But over the last month or so, that's that's what this has become. Every EMT that we've come mm-hmm. across, yeah. instead of giving, you know, a, a $10 game, you know, they pick up one of these and you give a meaningful Absolutely. gift. Give the gift of saving a life. Absolutely. And then you also have your AED device. Is the AED uh, device available for sale yet? It is not. We're, we're, we're finalizing design and we've started our FDA trials and our 
CE trials. Basically, I mean, it, we, we've completed the design. This, this is a mock-up prototype. You know what it looks like? Our little lunch or the pen cases that we used to, like, Our it's the size boxes. of the pencil boxes from, like, the grade 90s. School. Yeah, yeah, from grade school. It's great. Oh, that's cute. 90s grade school. Wow, now you made uh, me feel good. <laughs> we're in our 30s so we're we're not yeah. like that young we're it's we're, okay we're, we're in the middle okay. i'm not that i'm not that old we just have a lot of botox <laughs> it's a totally contained device um it's waterproof we we've made it, it it's extremely light i mean i can't give it to you to try basically you pop it open the electrodes are contained usually in a foil pack so they're actually sitting in there. It's got a pic pictograph to basically show you the two steps to do it. Okay, open up, put on the thing, put on the, the electrodes and press the button when it tells you to. We wanted, you know, we, we have it where it's hooked up where the electrodes are already plugged in. Um, basically we wanted it designed A, idiot proof so that I could use it. <laughs> and to get as much of the fear factor, you know, the, few, the fewer steps you can have, the better. Yeah, for sure. Because I think, as you said, like, that's the reason that I, th I actually would say that's probably one of the biggest reasons, because even for someone like me who's in the medical field, AEDs are just something that, like, unless you're using them every day, you just get nervous using them. And then you're kind of like, I don't know, when you're in those moments, in those critical moments, you just want something that's like, plug and play. All I have to do is one, two, three. Well, outside boom. of like first responders and the ICU, most healthcare professionals aren't even used to using defibrillators. Right. Like those Absolutely. are the only kind of two areas. Like there's a lot of nurses that go their whole career without ever having to put on a pad. I mean, truly, let alone use it. I, I'm in the NICU, right? I the only time I ever see a defibrillator is in my BLS class. Is in my updates. Well, That's see, my aunt's time. an L and D nurse, and she's went her entire career without yeah. ever doing that. But she was actually at her son's hockey game. Someone went into cardiac arrest. She did CPR. And he actually made it oh, and like wow. he came back, you know, whatever later after the ICU and saw her at the hockey rink and thanked her for saving his life. And she's like, I never in my labor and delivery nurse career thought I'd be doing CPR at my son's hockey game. Right. No, that's an amazing story. Well, and I think that's the other thing, too, is access. Right. It's like a big thing, you know, not having access to it. And, you know, Sam, obviously, we've you know, your story is, is a big I just think anywhere well. where you're doing anything physical like that should have an AED present. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the, the, you know, if you look now, the, the higher end cars, they come with the first aid kit in the glove compartment. There's no reason that, that something like this, I mean, this can sit in the glove compartment. Mm -hmm. um, every cruise ship, this, this is actually oh. kind of neat. Cru cruise ships, and this is a little scary, on, 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 on the average cruise ship, which are humongous, there's only about 10% of the area where you're able to use a defibrillator. Are you oh, serious? Water in the, yeah. So you, wow. you, you would have to, you'd have to like carry a person to somewhere and then start them up. But this one's going to be rated as waterproof. So oh, it could then be used anywhere. Well, Personal yeah, career. maybe as an extension to this question, this may be a silly question, but for both of your products, maybe, um, who would you recommend that should be considering buying these these products or considering having a product like this in their home mm -hmm. or settings, you know? Honestly, everyone. And, and I don't mean that even as a business thing and it's not a marketing thing. It's, mm -hmm. you know, as a doctor and a humanist. Um, unfortunately, and we've seen this now with, with the last two years with the pandemic, um, 
people are getting sick. We don't know. We don't always know, and especially with the pandemic, with the with the long COVID and the, and the heart myop, the cardiomyopathies, we we just don't know what's going on. But certain certainly anybody who's forty or up who's already in the category of a potential risk for for a sudden cardiac arrest, anybody with elderly parents or or relatives. Um, you know, CPR is not hard to do, um, and even CPR with a defibrillator, you know, using the whole BLS protocol is not hard to do if you can get over that that little bit of fear factor. And you know, un- unfortunately, you know, we saw the stories over the last year, like in New York and in LA, um, when things were at their worst. Um, I know the New York City EMS actually actually changed their protocol, and it was on the front page of every paper there. Um, they were, they were not running codes. If they came to your house, I mean, the law always was, if they came to your house and they touched you, they had to treat till either they treated or they called it. Um, but you know, during the worst of the pandemic, they'd come to your house, even if they touched you and there was no pulse, they wouldn't initiate CPR. So, you know, I'm not yeah, a before even like but... pulseless, they would resuscitate, but they were holding the line. So I, because I work in transport, so I go to ERs to pick. I do for a children's hospital, but I would see all the paramedics and EMTs lined up down the block, and they were holding the line for like six, eight hours, twelve their whole shift because there was no availability. And then yeah, that thing came out where it was like basically you you're coding. They're not gonna resuscitate you. Like that's, that's scary terrifying. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. So you know, we we, we want to get out there and educate people. Um, we're lobbying for, and it's, it's nice. We were able in, in Israel, they actually have mandatory CPR classes for every 10th grader. That should um, be the case that, here. It should be for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so they're actually, actually in a lot of the States in the, in the U S the law is also there. The implementation is close to zero. <laughs> That's sad. Um, Cause I didn't know that was the thing. Yeah. yeah you know, it's, it's an interesting in, in the school right behind my house, about a block down, there was a, a young pregnant teacher, this was about last year, um, who, who collapsed in the yard of the school, um, was pulseless, and three of her students, you know, resuscitated her until the ambulance came, and she was wow. actually back in school a week later. Wow. And again, wow. Like, like you said with that story on the field, it's all about time, and, mm-hmm. you know, these three kids hopped on because they had learned it and they decided that, you know, what the heck, you know, better, better to tr- better to try and fail than not try at all. Right. And, you know, so we're, we're lobbying for education and, and actually in a lot of the markets where we're looking to, to go into, um, you know, we, we've been, we're working in the Gulf states, for instance, and there the culture is basically hands off, wait for the professionals. And, and that's kind of silly. Right. Well, that's the thing, too, and maybe that's a good point, too, is, you know, this puts power. It's really empowering, right? You're giving empowerment. You're giving accessibility. This is a life-saving tool, which is crazy. And, yeah, it's sort of giving power back to people. And, you know, in terms of of getting the word out there, how have you guys been, you know, in terms of, like, where are you – marketing and where who you are you using social media like how are you guys getting your word out there i'm waiting for all of your followers after you post this to, well they're to obviously selfies selfie squad's gonna be on this like white on rice i mean <laughs> i just feel like that is a gift that 
Like, I'm always the type, even, like, before COVID and hand sanitizer was cool, for baby showers, I'd buy everyone hand sanitizer. So I'm like, as a former NICU nurse, I'm like, don't let people's germs around your baby. So I'm always big on giving, like, practical Practical. gifts that someone might not buy for themselves. But if they get it, they're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Empowering people is our goal. So we're working to educate, you know, and we've teamed up. Um, with an international organization out of Israel called United Hatzalah um, to help to, they're the largest volunteer ambulance corps in the world. They've got like some 6,000 volunteers um, and they do a lot of education. So we're going with them. Um, We're working with HSI, um, which is a huge education company in the U.S. Um, I can tell you that that we've had deep contact with the Red Cross and with the American Heart Association. Um, you know, again, it, it, it's not, I'll, I'll talk commercial, you know, we, we want, as a company, obviously, we do want to make some money. You know, I do have investors that I have to satisfy. Um, but we, I, I think, I think every investor that we've taken on would say that it's really the mission first. And that, that's actually been really nice also that, that you know, we, we want it out there. We want people not to use it, but we want people to know that it's there if they if they need it. Um, and we I've want seen them you not a couple afraid. times uh, over on. I saw someone on TikTok and then another person on Instagram. You guys are working with, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing! This is genius!" Like, I think that just yeah, we, everything we, that you guys are doing at your company is it's this is great. How did you develop the partnership with American Heart Association? Mm-hmm. So actually, one of, one of our board members knew someone uh, in the American Heart Association um, that just started a conversation. They, you know, passed us over to their CHTI, to their Center for Health Technology and Innovation. And basically, when they saw it, they immediately asked us to join. Um, it was very, yeah, it, it is kind of awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. I'm curious from, just from like a, okay, take us back to like square one, you know, you have this idea, right? Like, how do you get like this? Where do you even start with a device like this? Like, how did this come to fruition? I want to start at square one. Okay, square Just one. from like an so entrepreneur like told... standpoint, I'm curious. Okay, so like like I told you, square one was not me. Square one was my co-founder, Yehuda. Um, so he came to me with an idea. And after I finished laughing at him and finally decided that maybe it's possible, we actually, um, we actually took, took a trip there was another company that that was making a cell phone sized device um they are no longer even trying it's untenable um but we 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 actually went to a conference in germany called medica medica is the largest medical device company and they have a a co a co um, conference called compamed for components of medical devices so we were going there basically to source um, some of the smaller components to see, you know, if it could be done. Um, actually, while we were there, that's when we came up with the idea for the rescuer. Um, over breakfast, the second morning, we realized that, you know, the defibrillator is nice, but maybe we can do something to complete the BLS package. So like I said, you know, we, we I, I had called my, the first call I made was with my FDA consultant, who's brilliant. She's up in Boston. Um, actually she's not, she's in Amherst. She'll be angry at me if I said Boston. Um, (laughs) so I called her up. She put me in touch with an engineer. 
he put me in touch with an engineering company. Um, they put together a, a proposal as to how they think they can move forward. Um, and then slowly but surely, they've been, you know, they've been developing the device. We, we, the first was the electricity, you know, to make sure that we can actually get the amount of energy that we need, the 150 joules to do it while keeping it in a small package. They developed a proprietary circuit to do it also. Um, then came the casing that went through an, a number of iterations. I, I, I should have prepared because it's an interesting, when, when we have the rhythm museum, we'll have them up, but it came from this really blocky thing where you had the big block like this with the electrode pack sitting here and you pulled it off to the much sleeker, cooler design, um, the otter box type design. Um, and yeah, you know, it was one step after another and, you know, we, we made a decision that, again, having, having been involved in medical devices, both for better and for worse, because um, unfortunately there are a lot more failures than there are successes. Um, I, took, I took what I had learned in my, in my small bits from the, from the failures, and we really just decided that we were going to A, B, C, no jumping, no skipping, no loopholes, no nothing. And just if we follow it right, and you know, We've been lucky and I think, you know, we've been, you know, I think, I think with the mission behind us, you know, someone, someone's been guiding our path up there. I don't know if, the, if I can say things like that. <laughs> you can say it. Absolutely. But, you know, so, so someone up above has been helping us a little bit, you know, and I think it's been, it's been very lucky. What's the process been like going, like we're getting FDA approval. Mm. Like, <laughs> is that like a, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about yeah. That. yeah, the FDA is a treat. Um, <laughs> well, the, extra the, treat. The the FDA, and it's also the same thing with with um, with the CE in Europe and all the other countries that have their own. It's basically three things. They they want to know that the device is going to work, um, and that number two is that the device is not going to harm people. So the first thing that that you need to do is you need to prove in a lab that the electricity is good and that all the things are right. You have all these testing to make sure that there are no emissions and all these other things, um, drop testing so that, you know, if, you know, especially with a device like this, that's portable, you know, it may fall out of your pocket while you're, you know, running a, a transport and, 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 you know, you want to make sure that it's going to make it through that drop. Um, so that's number one, you have all of this bench testing, then comes animal testing, to you know, prove some of that, um, and then obviously human human testing, um, which is not to try and save. Um, human testing is often just to look at the the EKG algorithm. Now, does the device know whether to shock or not shock? Um, and then you have a usability study. You know, we want to make sure that if we if we put this if we put this in my grandmother's hands, that she's going to be able to use it. That she's not going to sit there staring at it and not have a clue. So we do a usability study, a human factor study to do that. And that's what we're up to now. We're, do, we're doing all of that. So how long does the like process, like start to finish with FDA, how long does yeah, that process long does usually take? Ideally? Ideally. There is no ideal. There is yeah. no ideal. <laughs> or, <laughs> or realistically. Realistically. Realistically, yeah, yeah, yeah. how long does it, the process, the whole process take? Okay, so, so the, way it work, the, the way it works, and I'll put it like this just in very general and not specific, 
After you submit to the FDA, they have 60 days to get back to you um, with questions or whatever. So basically, at day 60, by day 60, one of three things can happen. They can either accept you, which happens a little bit of the time, and we're hoping on that. They can accept you with a whole bunch of questions, and then you have 30 days to respond to that, or they can reject you. Um, we're definitely not going to be rejected. We have, you know, we're, we're there. The way the FDA works is there's class one devices, which are just really easy. And those don't need any testing. So like the, the rescue R is a class one device. So you just register it. There are class two devices where you can do what's called a 510 K, which means that I'm very similar to X. So because you approved X, you should approve me. And the level of testing for that is less. And then there's a class three device, which is called a PMA. So you have to basically do everything from scratch. Um, that being said, so all AEDs are class threes, obviously. Um, but that being said is, is a lot of the waveform and the, and the electricity and whatever else is very similar to existing approved devices. So there should be no problem with mm -hmm. that. I'm curious from this standpoint, because we kind of, we, kind of glossed over this, but you're also a surgeon. I'm really curious about that, that side of your life as well. Can you dive into that a little bit? And do you miss it? Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. So I, I don't miss it because oh, okay. I still do it. So you're still you don't me. miss it. <laughs> I see patients. No, I, I don't miss it. I don't miss mm -hmm. it at all. Cause I mean, listen, you guys, you guys know that. Yeah, okay. That's why we work we, in peds. Cause ours yeah, are at least I cute. I didn't mean that. Well, well, all of the selfie listeners. No, I they all agree. They, oh, they all agree. All agree. We all they know. All we all know. We're self-aware here. Um, okay. Yeah, medicine medicine would medicine would be a lot better if if you you know we could just practice on. <laughs> but, um, so so what I I had two specialties when I was doing foot and ankle surgery. There was mostly the elective type stuff, you know, bunions, hammer toes, heel spurs, ah, yes. things like that. Um, and I, I gave that up about six, seven years ago. Um, that actually started to really bore me. Um, there was only so much carpentry, carpentry. that you know, a Jewish man can do. So, Spoken like a true surgeon just, over here. We have people. We have people for that. Um, but but I, I still I still love, the truth is, I, I still love a, a diabetic wound um, or, or some chronic wounds. Thank God for um, surgeons like you, you because heal I one of those, not imagine. <laughs> Yeah, when, when 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 you heal when you heal one of those, it's kind of a cool feeling. I mean, do you even have to do surgery on a diabetic toe, or do you just like flick it and then it goes <laughs> flying across the room? I, I've had I've had some of those the little the little dry, the, the little dry black nubbins. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've actually again li, li, living living in Israel for the last bit, you know, which is a little less regulated than the U.S. I've been able to do some things here that I wouldn't have been able to do in, in the States. Um, Interesting, yeah. You know, I, I was the first one here to be using the VAC. Um, the VAC is, is a negative pressure device, and we used it here to actually amputate a leg once. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, the, guy, the, guy, the guy wasn't a surgical candidate, so he just hooked it up and that fell off. Um, yeah, we, How to do? Huh? How he did it do after as, that? He survived as long as he survived, but yeah, he, he, the wound was clean. <laughs> Love it. Um, 
But, yeah. wow. Job well done. <laughs> yeah, so we've, so we've got, I've gotten to play and do some funky stuff, and it's fun. And and there is there is still a rush when when that wound closes and the patient's not going to lose a leg. Um, unfortunately, you know that they're going to be back. You know, eight out of ten times, um, it's going to recur. But yeah, um, listen, podiatry and surgery has been very good to me. Um, it actually allowed me to, I, I entered medical devices through that by accident. Um, a buddy of mine who's a periodontist was working on a, on an herbal medication, on a natural medication for, for gum disease and inflammation in the mouth. And he asked me to come over to his office to see something. And I looked at his whiteboard and he had a whole bunch of um, chemical compounds up there and cells that were very directly related to the diabetic foot. And I said to him, what are you guys doing with the diabetic foot? He goes, no, 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 we're talking about the mouth. I said, great. Okay, that's diabetic foot stuff. And he gave me some of his thing. And we tested it on some legs. And then we did a research study. And from that research study, you know, I got other companies and other toys and we moved on. Isn't that funny how, like, you think research is so like in a lab, but a lot of times things like this, like just literally are someone talking about something and being like, I have an idea, like, let's go for it. Yeah. And then it just like, sparks. are we like, I know you're talking about the mouth, but hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Like <laughs> Viagra is like, listen, yeah. I know you're worried about the heart, but, but, but hear me out. <laughs> yeah. We love a good side effect. <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes the side effects are the best. Yeah. We love a good side effect. <laughs> this is also why I love you, doctor. Um, I think it's really interesting because we've actually had quite a few internists and doctors and surgeons on here. And something that I'll, I think is really interesting about you is it's almost like you, you're doing all these things and you're preventing like that, that burnout. And I think a lot of, a lot of people in the healthcare field in general just experience that. Can you touch on that a little bit and maybe your experience in the medical field? Uh, you know, you st- the first question you asked me was give you an unpopular opinion. So, so <laughs> let's go. <coughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> Keep yeah. them coming. Yeah. Um, I got burned out basically in day one, but no. Um, <laughs> listen, it, it, it's it's inevitable in in almost in in almost any field you're going to have burnout. Um, I think especially in medicine, and you know, you know, medical, nursing, paramedical, whatever it is. Um, first off the, the, just the dull repetition sometimes, um, if there's no high or there's no excitement or it's just really doing the same thing every day. And, you know, especially, you know, back in the eighties when you guys were not even in grade school, but, um, but back in the eighties <laughs> when, when doctors got paid, got paid really well to do those yeah. things. You know, then they at least had that benefit that, you know, at the end of the day, okay, so I did the same thing as I did yesterday, but I bought another house in Malibu. But now, nowadays, you know, if you're not in it for the love, it's repetitious. Um, there, there are very few specialties where you're seeing new things. Um, innovation is very, very slow to come to, to medicine. Doctors do not, you know, I went through four years yes. of medical school and five years of re- residency. I've learned what I've got to learn and leave me the hell alone. I'm not, you know, if, if you, t- if you bring in a new technology and I've tried this before, if you're trying to bring a new technology, there's a huge amount of resistance. So, so bur- bur- burnout is real. Burnout happens often. 
And, and, you know, my advice to anybody who's listening is, you know, either try and find the love in what you're doing or try and find something else to do that you love as well, if not instead of. Um, I have to say that, that being involved in medical devices was a huge boon for me. Yeah, because it changes it up, right? You get a different, yeah, you get it's a totally. You get to kind of use your brain differently, think about things, get innovative, and I, I love everything you're doing here. And I think that you know Sam and I obviously are very passionate about the device, but I also think the whole message of you know really finding things that set your heart on fire and you know you got to change it up every now and then and avoid that burnout and a lot of medical i mean almost every single person that comes on here has a similar message to that we go into healthcare to help people but then you kind of don't realize that you can still help people in other ways other ways like creating devices or in working in technology and all these other things so it's like it doesn't always have to be so practical hands-on but you can still save so many lives Right. And if you and if you're miserable or burnt out or sad or tired, you're not going to be saving those lives anyway. You're, you're just you're not going to be able right. to give the care that you need anyway. So you need that you mm-hmm. need that little bit of refresh to to be able to get in and do it right. A zhuzh. Yeah, Tori calls it a zhuzh. Zhuzh it up. No, and well, the irony is, I think that this quote unquote love project, which is this is what's going to save lives. Like, this is insane, you know, what you've done. This is going to save lives. And we're so excited about about these two devices, but um, we definitely have our holiday. This is on the list of the holiday stocking stuffers for us, for sure. Well, can you tell everyone where they can find your product and find you and more information? Yeah. Sure. Um, they can go to the website, rhythmls.com, R-I-T-H-E-M-L-S.com. Um, or they can go to shoprhythmls.com. That'll put them straight into the store if they don't want to go through the movies and other stuff to see there. Um, although I do recommend some of them, um, not the one with me. <laughs> they can go there. We're, we're running a, hol- a, a, a long Black Friday promo oh, um, to try that. and help people. I think we're giving 25% off. Um, and they can use a promo code HOLIDAY21. So for all those stocking stuffers that are interested, um, there's a contact form there most of those come to me so if anybody wants to say hi or ask questions they're more than welcome to cpr instructors those are that's you know again not not so much as a as a financial thing although a lot of things do come back to the money it's a big upsell for cpr instructors for instance um there was an interesting study out of europe that even trained um students people who took a cpr course about 90% would walk by someone on the floor and not perform CPR. Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Just, just from know. fear or discomfort. And then there, there are marketing studies that show that just owning, just owning a rescuer, forget about carrying it on your person, owning a rescuer or even having it at home would reduce that to like 50% just because owning it would, would give you in the back of your head that I know I can do this. And actually having it on your person would, would, would drop it to about 10%. So that's kind of cool. And yeah, that's, so CPR instructors should be, you know, in the old days, you know, you guys, I don't know. The first time I took CPR was about 100 years ago. And when you finished the course, <laughs> they gave you the little Lairdall pocket mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got that. In that blue clamshell case. Yeah, that was before they decided that, like, 
quality CPR was better than mouth to mouth. Exactly. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm here I, for that. That update, I was like, yes, I I'm on board with that. Right. Yeah. I can yeah. be on someone's chest all day and not put my mouth on them. Sign me up. <laughs> uh, it, de- it depends, I guess. I mean, there, there might be some. <laughs> I mean, in the right circumstances. But if circumst- it's your Prince Charming. In the right circumstances, okay. I'll make a mouth-to-mouth exception. <laughs> but but, but we, see, we, we see this really as replacing that as the gift or, you know, end of course final thing and yeah yeah, that'd be great get 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 the student out of the class they'll have the knowledge and then give them something that'll give them the confidence love that well thank you so much for coming on today thank you guys this was awesome and thank you for sharing about all of this we're like we said really passionate and it hits really close to home for me so yeah i'm like really excited to be helping get this word out thank you guys all right before we head out we have something exclusive for you our selfie listeners we are thrilled to partner with rhythm life sciences this is definitely something that we are so passionate about and we want to bring more awareness to if you head over to www.rhythm that's r-i-t-h-e-m-l-s.com they are currently running a holiday promotion with holiday 21 for 25% off. For those of you who are listening after the holidays, you can apply selfie, that's C-E-L-L-F-I-E 15, to receive 15% off of your order. This is truly the way to give the gift of saving a life. So head over, that's again to rhythm, R-I-T-H-E-M-L-S dot com and use code selfie, C-E-L-L-F-I-E 15 at checkout. Well, if that's not on your holiday list, you need to change that because <laughs> I'm definitely going to be that person that's giving those out right and left. Absolutely. But again, you just, like I've mentioned a million times over, but it is something I'm super passionate about about. well that's like part of it here right we love to bring you guys things that that we are passionate about and this is definitely at the top of the list for us thank you so much you guys for listening and as always make sure you're following us on our insta that's at c-e-l-l-f-i-e underscore podcast you can find all the goodies linked there for you in the bio our new merch our Our bali trip love that for us love that for us and of course if you go and leave us a review click that five stars write a review drop your ig handle in it we will be reaching out to you to send you out some free stickers pins our new badge reel absolutely and it's been so fun for you guys we've been seeing all your reposts of our holiday card it's been so fun we love that you guys all love them as much as we did so sending it to you so happy holidays to all of you and your families we hope you guys are having a safe and happy holiday season and make sure you're following us on our insta that's at nurse tori and at hey samantha with two a's and we'll see you guys next week your bonus yay yay love that for us okay love that for us Bye. bye